What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball. I, as always, am your host, Phoenix Hygus. And ladies and gentlemen, we just witnessed the greatest round of NFL playoffs I've ever seen in my life. And I think I'll ever see in my life. The divisional round in the NFL just wrapped up over this past weekend, and there wasn't a single game that was not the most exciting game I've ever seen in my life, one of them overpowering the other and just getting better and better and better. That being said, as always on this Tuesday, we will be analyzing the games that have just passed by, each and every single one of them, from least exciting to most exciting. Most people will disagree with my list. But that's alright because I am a Bengals fan and I'm going to be a little biased. Before we get into analyzing each game, we'll go over my picks. I didn't have the greatest weekend in picking the games. As everyone knows, I picked the Bengals, Packers, Chiefs, and Rams to win this weekend for a combined total of 2-2. Two and two. The reason it'll stay 2-2, two and two, I got my upset of the week correct with the Bengals, so that is plus a point, an extra point. But... I got my lock of the week incorrectly by picking the Packers, so that is minus one extra point. So, I go out equal, and I end up 2-2 two and two on the weekend. That'll bring me out to a total of 7-3 and three so far this postseason. So, I'm not too mad. This round definitely hurt me a little bit, staying at 500, but it's whatever. Getting into the games this weekend. The first game I'm going to go into, my least exciting game of the weekend, and a lot of people will say this was probably their second favorite and most exciting game of the weekend, was the matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that ended on a game-winning field goal, an insane game-winning drive by the Los Angeles Rams, and ended 30-27 to to end Tom Brady in the playoffs and possibly end the career of Tom Brady we will see in the offseason, but Tom Brady might have played his last game in the NFL and possibly last game as a Buccaneer. Matthew Stafford absolutely showed up, especially at the end of the game. 28 for 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, and zero on the interceptions. That's the important thing. Now, the big problem with the end of the game for the Los Angeles Rams was the fumbles. Four fumbles, I believe all in the fourth quarter, especially the one by Cam Akers on the one. It was a rough end. It shouldn't have been this close, but it was. And that's the reason it's my least exciting game of the weekend. Outside of the fourth quarter, I did not enjoy watching this game. It was 27-3. to It wasn't even close. Until like the last seven minutes, I just really didn't have any interest in watching this game. That's why it ranks so low for me. But obviously the star of the game, as it has been the whole season for the Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup with nine receptions for 183 yards and a touchdown. And of course, the two biggest catches of the game, including the, I think it was like a 60-yard strike at the end of the game to put them in field goal range with three seconds left. On the Buccaneers' side, this was a rough one. Tom Brady was 30 for 54, passing the ball 54 times. That's insane. For 329 yards with a touchdown and an interception. 
Leonard Fournette had two touchdowns, but he didn't have anything crazy on the ground, but he did have 56 yards on nine receptions in the air today. Obviously, Mike Evans was the main target with eight receptions and 119 yards. I talked about it when I made my prediction for this game. I think the Buccaneers were a little banged up, and I think even if you're just a little banged up, this Rams team just has too much blockbuster talent to really say that you're going to fully win the game, that you're going to dominate the game. When you have a team that has Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, when you have those guys on a team, there's no promise that you're going to win a game because you know that they can play at an insane level on any given day. Von Miller played at an insane level that game. He had a great sack on Tom Brady, which included a fumble. Matthew Stafford played at an insane level. Cooper Cup played at a ridiculous level as he's been doing all season. And the Rams pull it out and they are going to the conference championship game. And we'll preview that more in just a second. Now, in third place in terms of the game's excitement and my, uh, you know, overall enjoyment watching the game is going to go to the upset of the week, uh, truly in my opinion, the 49ers upset the Green Bay Packers 13-10, to also on a game-winning field goal. Now, I have never seen an offense do so poorly as the 49ers offense did and still pull out a win. No offensive touchdowns for the 49ers this game. Two field goals and a blocked punt for a touchdown the special teams won this game for the 49ers, and the special teams lost it for the Green Bay Packers. Now, that being said, and I don't even think I need to go over the 49ers stats, Jimmy Garoppolo only had 131 yards, nothing much going on the run game, and George Kittle was the leading receiver. On the offensive side for the Packers, as much as the special teams threw this game for you, yes, there was a blocked kick, and a block punt that was returned for a touchdown. But you cannot sit here and tell me that the Green Bay Packers offense couldn't have done more. One touchdown in the entire game. You only had one more touchdown than the 49ers offense did, and they had zero. Aaron Rodgers, 20 for 29, 225 yards. I get that he had zero interceptions, but when you are the MVP of the regular season, you're supposed to be the guy leading this team to the Super Bowl, 225 yards on 29 passing attempts just isn't going to cut it. You need to be passing the ball more. Aaron Jones, I have nothing bad to say about Aaron Jones. He by far had the best game. He had 12 carries for 41 yards on the ground and 9 catches for 129 yards. The running back, 129 yards in the air. He had himself an absolutely great game. Devontae Adams, maybe not up to his standards, but nine catches for 90 yards. Not bad at all. As much as you want to say that the special teams lost this game for the Packers, and they did, there's a lot more their offense could have done this game, and they should have at least had three offensive touchdowns this game. This one, in my opinion, shouldn't even have been close. The Packers' offense just did not step up. The fact that the 49ers in the conference championship after such an ugly game by their offense like that, it's crazy to think about. But the 49ers do move on to the conference championship to open up the path 
for a Bengals and 49ers rematch in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to be fair here. We all know what the most exciting and most adrenaline-rushing game of the week was. So, the second most exciting game of the week for me was... Can I hear it in the background? Oh, I can. Who they? Who they? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. That's right. The Cincinnati Bengals upset the Tennessee Titans 19-16. The number one seeded Titans and the number one seeded Packers, they're both gone. No one seed is winning the Super Bowl this year. What an exciting, what a heart-racing I almost had a heart attack watching this game. Joe Burrow died on that field. And if anybody is criticizing Joe Burrow for this loss, I think there were some times that he could have thrown a little bit earlier. But if anybody is criticizing him uh, for this game, you're absolutely ridiculous. Joe Burrow, 28 for 37, 348 yards. This man was sacked nine times and threw for 348 yards he did have the interception which I'm still kind of debating if it was his fault or not I'm also debating the fact if it was an interception or not I think it could have gone either way I think it should be called an interception um but by the NFL rules I I don't think it should have so if you're asking me I think the rules should change to make that an interception but by the rules it wasn't Joe Mixon, even though the numbers might not show it, had an absolutely great game. He had 14 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown while also having six catches for 51 yards. He absolutely, outside of Jamar Chase and Burrow, were the star, was the star of the show on the offense. Jamar Chase, even in a game that you would say he probably didn't even do that well, still had over 100 yards on this game. Five catches for 109 yards averaging out to 21.8 yards per catch. That's absolutely ridiculous. The fact that he only got uh, a catch five times this game and still had over 100 yards, he's a different beast, and I'm so excited to see what he does against the Chiefs this coming Sunday. But I will rarely ever do this, but the defense needs to be talked about. This was an absolute great game by the Cincinnati defense. It's the reason why we won this game outside of Evan McPherson's goaded leg. Logan Wilson had an amazing, amazing game. Six tackles and, of course, the setting up game-winning interception. Jesse Bates, of course, had the opening play interception. And Mike Hilton, in my opinion, had one of the greatest plays of the weekend that tipped ball into interception absolutely saved this game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I had no doubt in my mind that the Titans were going into score for that play, but Mike Hilton saves the game for the Bengals. And of course, I, I have to give a huge shout out to Evan McPherson this game. I won't talk about kickers rarely ever, but he has just been absolutely amazing the whole regular season and these playoffs. And I wish I would have started this podcast a little earlier because I would have said when we drafted him in the fifth round, I was absolutely overjoyed. It's the first time that the Bengals have had a consistent kicker in the organization for years and years and years. And it's it's just so nice to get into that 50-yard field goal range and be like, all right, we're okay. We can make a field goal from there. So absolutely huge shout out. His jersey is already sold out on every NFL.com site and every Bengals.com site. Goaded. 
I'm so happy to have him on the team. On the Titans side, there's nobody that really stands out outside of A.J. Brown. He actually one-upped Jamar Chase in this game. Same amount of catches, five, but for 142 yards. And, of course, he had the amazing, amazing touchdown, um, the one-handed grab. The running game, you know, in terms of yards, it was a pretty good game, but Derrick Henry, I don't think it was his fault, but just didn't have the performance. He was stopped on a two-point conversion from the one. He was stopped on a fourth and one. The Cincinnati defense just had an answer for Derrick Henry. Dante Foreman only had four carries and for 66 yards. Now, obviously, when you have Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry should be the prime running back in the backfield. But Dante Foreman, could he have gotten some more snaps and maybe, you know, pulled out a victory? Obviously, he had that 64-yard run that was absolutely crushing. That ended up turning into an interception. That being said, did I hear interception? Because we're going to be talking about Ryan Tannehill. I actually really like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a star quarterback, but I think he's a good quarterback. And this was not a good showing. And based off of how much people react to recency bias, he may be in some serious trouble going to this offseason. Now, obviously, it would cost the Titans millions and millions and millions of dollars to release him or trade him in any way this offseason. So I don't think he's leaving Tennessee, but this game may make the Tennessee Titans look into the future of a possible quarterback switch. So we'll see how the offseason goes. We'll see if they release any statements, but a really rough game for Ryan Tannehill to throw three interceptions. So ladies and gentlemen, the Bengals are moving to the AFC Championship game, but before I get too excited about it, Let's talk about maybe one of the greatest NFL games I have ever seen in my life and possibly the greatest NFL game. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs went into overtime where the Kansas City Chiefs won 42-36. to And my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the greatest offensive game I've ever seen in my entire life. The defenses didn't show up. The defenses were not there at all. But the last two minutes of this game was the single most greatest segment I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just back and forth. We thought one team won. We thought the other team won. And it just kept going back and forth and back and forth. The Bills took the lead with Gabriel Davis's third touchdown of the game. And we thought, oh boy, if the Bills get one more stop. But then Tyreek Hill has a monster play where he throws up the peace sign. Got to be careful there. Could have gotten uh, flagged, you know, right there for throwing up the peace sign, but he isn't, luckily. He runs for the touchdown, and then we say, all right, this may be over. The Bills, I don't think, can get a touchdown this quickly. With 16 seconds left in the game, Josh Allen throws a dart to who else but Gabriel Davis for his fourth touchdown of the game. And what a game he did have. And we saw the clock, it read 13 seconds, and we said there is absolutely no way that the Buffalo Bills lose this game. This game is over. I saw it, and I was like, my prediction is correct. I'm going to celebrate. I went 3-1. and one. Oh, no. They got into field goal range with 13 seconds left. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in an NFL game. It just makes me realize that no no time 
is safe when you are playing Patrick Mahomes. And genuinely watching that game, I saw how smart it was for Zach Taylor to go in that fourth down when we played them the first time. Sure, we got lucky on some calls, but it was the smart play to go for fourth down right there. So getting back into this game, I just had so much fun watching this. It does stink a little bit that it had to come down to a coin toss. Overtime was, you know, intense until we realized who was getting the ball. I did read a little tweet from Colin Coward. Uh, I, I don't think he's a good analyst. I think he has the most ridiculous takes I've ever seen in my life. But he did say at the end of the day, get a defense that can get a stop. Get one single stop. And I don't fully agree with it. I don't 100% agree with it. I do think the overtime rules should change. But as I said, I think in Friday's episode, defense is half of the game. Defense is half of your team. And I get it. These two teams probably have some of the best offenses in, you know, the last decade. They're unstoppable. But you got to build a good defense. And that's a big problem with the Bengals right now. You got to build a good defense that can stop, you know, that you hope can stop teams like the Bills, like the Chiefs. So when your defense is getting nothing going, knowing the overtime rules, yeah, you kind of screwed yourself there. But I also do agree that the Chiefs offense is going to score in some way, most likely. So it's kind of heartbreaking to go out in a way where you didn't even get to respond because you knew that you were also scoring at the same intensity and quickness that they were. All in all, as heartbreaking as it was for the Buffalo Bills, and I sent out a tweet yesterday saying just a shout out to the Buffalo Bills organization, their fans, because they have been absolutely amazing this season. And it sucks to see them go out this way, but it is how it is. Unfortunately, they have to go out in such a blazing fashion, and I'm sure that they will be here next season, but obviously you always want to go for it all every single season. So ladies and gentlemen, the stage is set. The AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game are ready to go. Who is going to the Super Bowl? I have no idea, but there are some things outside of the predictions and the matchups that we need to talk about for this game. So let's start with the one that uh, doesn't have as much controversy going on. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs are matching up in Arrowhead to play on Sunday. Now let's talk about some things going into this game. The Cincinnati Bengals, yes, have defeated the Kansas City Chiefs going into this game. They defeated them on Week 17 on a game-winning field goal, of course, by Evan McPherson. Now, walking into this game, you will probably think that the Kansas City Chiefs are favored as heck. And, you know, given the performances so far this postseason, I would have no reason to disagree with you. I think the Bengals should be the underdogs in this matchup. That being said, I do not think they should be as heavily underdogs as they are. They open up as seven-point underdogs in this game. And I think for an AFC Championship game, that's absolutely ridiculous, especially considering they have beaten them before. Now, that doesn't give anything away about my prediction for this game. 
Also, what needs to be said is this game is in Arrowhead compared to the Week 17 matchup that was in Paul Brown. Now, I know Bengals fans are going to be showing up, including my cousin, who will be at the game traveling to Kansas City from Cincinnati. But this is a whole different atmosphere. And I've seen some statements already from the Bengals organization that they're going to be cranking up the volume at practice because the offense is just going to hear noise and noise and noise. Arrowhead is a place that you cannot really prepare to play at. Everybody on that offensive team besides Joe Burrow, I am worried for genuinely in this game. I'm not talking about I'm worried that there's going to be a bunch of false starts. That's whatever. I'm scared that the pressure is genuinely going to get to them. I think up until now, yeah, sure, we've been nervous, but the pressure is just going to be on us. It's like, now you need to go out and win. You you need to win. You need to go to the Super Bowl. And it's going to be in such a loud stadium. The only hope is that Bengals fans really show up. Now, that can't be said for the other game on the other side between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. If anybody pays super close attention to the NFL, the LA Rams just announced as it is being played at their home stadium that they will only be selling tickets to Los Angeles residents and need proof by their address of their Los Angeles residency. I'm sorry, but that is the most sickening thing outside of Aaron Rodgers this season. Uh, that I've heard so far in the 2021 to 2022 season. The fact that you cannot give the opportunity, and I actually heard that they did do this a little bit to Bengals fans in the Tennessee Titans game. When you don't give the away team the opportunity to come see the game, you're telling me people from San Francisco, outside of, you know, just lying to get the tickets, cannot come see their team in the NFC Championship game? Please get out of here. I understand that in the Week 18 matchup, the 49ers fans dominated the stadium. But guess what? Sorry that your team doesn't have enough dedicated fans to fill out the stadium more than the away team. That's not their problem. The 49ers should not get punished for not having enough, you know, for not having enough dedication on the Rams side. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Outside of that, Watching these two teams, um, my prediction is is pretty clear here. Um, all that being said, before we get too much into what Friday's episode will be, the four most exciting matchups in the Super Bowl, ranked one to four for me right now. Number one has got to be, and I think everyone's has got to be, the Bengals and the 49ers. The matchup that has been waiting for 30, 40 years now. Just waiting to see this matchup and hopefully for the Bengals to get their revenge to officially hashtag break the curse. Number two, I got to give it to the Chiefs and Rams. As much as just overall excitement would be the Bengals and both. But the Chiefs and Rams, we waited for the Super Bowl three years ago when we saw the absolute epic game that the Chiefs won 54-51. to And the offenses are even more explosive now. Instead of Jared Goff, you have Matthew Stafford at the helm for the Rams. Although I think it'll be a little more defensive than we expect it to be. 
The third game that's the most exciting to me, and this is absolutely no bias, and I genuinely mean that, is the Bengals and the Rams. The reason why is I just have no intent or excitement of watching a Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl again. Um, even though the first one was super exciting, I just don't think this one will be as much. Um, I think the Chiefs are just a, a much more dominant team than the 49ers are. You know, the defense is great on the 49ers side, but it's just it doesn't get anywhere against an offense like the Chiefs. And the offense is abysmal on the 49ers. I don't think it could score really on any defense. That being said, those are my uh, one to four ranking of the best possible Super Bowl matchups left. But it's going to be really hard to live up to how amazing this past weekend was in the divisional round. But I really hope it does. So I will talk to you guys about how exciting I think it's going to be the matchups and the predictions of the AFC and NFC championship game coming up this weekend. I will talk to you guys about it on Friday. I really hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and I will see you guys on the weekend and I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.